What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Hope everybody's doing well. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you haven't been rocking a Mystery Ranch Fireline pack, well, that sucks to be you, dog. Because your back probably hurts and uh, yeah, it's got to be uncomfortable. But they make arguably the most comfortable, the most well-built and have the bitchinest warranty in the wildland fire game. So go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out their Fireline packs if you want to upgrade. But also while you're at it, I want you guys to go over there and check out both the three-way expandable briefcase and the Urban Assault 21 uh, packs, both in wildfire black. The reason why? Well, portion of the proceeds from those pack sales, both the uh, three-way briefcase and the Urban Assault 21 pack, uh, yeah, it's going to go back to those folks in the field that are telling the story of Wildland Fire. How do they do that, you say? Well, go and check out the Backbone series. What it is is a storytelling platform and uh, giving the real story on the line. It's kind of an educational campaign, if you will, to educate the public and tell the story of Wildland Fire here in the United States. Yeah, there's a thousand dollar grant or sorry, a thousand dollar scholarship up for grabs via the Mystery Ranch Backbone series. So if you want your opportunity to win, well, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone series. Tell your story. Don't write it in crayon. Make it good. And you have an opportunity to win one of these thousand dollar scholarships. So once again, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. Vinger Point Podcast is going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that is going to be none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Not only do they make kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, but they also make a ton of other stuff, like a full line of Wildland Firefighter-themed apparel and all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check out all of the little accoutrements to help rep that Wildland Firefighter lifestyle and get your morning started off right. Speaking of the WFF, the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, and Hotshot Brewery. Well, we actually are in Boise for this episode. So I like how things uh, kind of come full circle. And uh, yeah, it's a great episode. And it also supports a good cause. So once again, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. Danger Point Podcast would also like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. And if you don't know what that stands for, well, it's the Anti-Surface Shitting Movement. And it is a funny acronym, but they're serious about conservation and doing the right thing while doing your business on public lands or any land, really. If you got to go in the woods, well, let's uh, look over to the ass movement because they are an excellent uh, poo-bearing propaganda educational platform. So go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement where you can get all of your poo-bearing propaganda and check this out. You can get 10% off your entire purchase by entering the code anchorpointass10 at checkout. So if you need some stickers, some patches, some shirts, some posters, hell, even if you got a problem pooper on your crew and you need a turd trial to gift them to educate them how to go in the woods, well, look no further than www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience, which is not just sequestered to America anymore. It's actually uh, telling the story of wildland fire across the globe, which is freaking awesome. So if you haven't checked that out, I highly suggest you do and go over to www.wildfireexperience.org. Yeah, they got stories about wildland firefighting dating all the way back to the 1940s. So, yeah, it's kind of a good little history lesson 
Anyways, uh, also, they give back to the community in a huge way as well. They do the Smoky Generation Grant Program. So if you happen to be telling the story of Wildland Fire, whether you're a writer, blogger, photographer, cinematographer, anybody who's telling the story of Wildland Fire, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. Submit your story. You might have one of these $500 grants up for grabs. So, Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. Keep it up. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Hope everybody's doing well, and I hope everybody's taking care of each other out there, especially in the form of mental health. Yeah, do yourselves a favor. Check in on your buddies. Do a little uh, status check on all of your fire family, and also, you know what? Do a little status check on yourself as well. I know I've been hammering down on the mental health, uh, I guess, topic lately, but that's because this is the hardest time of the season is that winter, that layoff time to when you start ramping up again and getting going for the new season. So. Do yourselves a favor and check up on each other. So with that being said, today's show is going to be a very special one. And I've been waiting for a long time to uh, step foot in the Wildland Firefighter Foundation and sit down with uh, the executive director, Burke Miner, to record this episode. So today's episode is going to be all about what goes on behind the scenes at the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. And it is an epic one. There's definitely some laughs. There's definitely some tears. Uh, there's also an encouragement to, you know, get stuff off your chest in the realm of mental health. So as Burke says in this episode, go cry. It's all right. Gotta get that shit off your chest. So if you guys uh, don't know what the Wildland Firefighter Foundation is, well, they are a 501c3 nonprofit that uh, dedicates their entire mission to assisting and helping the families of wildland firefighters killed in the line of duty and assisting injured wildland firefighters and their families. And then we're going to clear up some misconceptions about this organization. You don't have to be a federal wildland firefighter to get their assistance over there. They do it all. Not only do they help anybody that puts foot in the black, it doesn't matter if you're a contractor, volunteer, structure, fed, it doesn't matter. But they also do this internationally, which is freaking wild because a lot of people don't know this. So if you happen to be in Australia, Canada, South Africa, wherever, and you put foot in the black, well, the Wildland Firefighter Foundation is there to help. I cannot begin to even stress the amount of uh, important work that they do for the wildland community and the countless amount of families and folks in the wildland service that they have helped. So if you guys don't know what this organization is, go over to the wildland firefighter foundation.org and check it out. And please consider joining the 52 club. It's $52 for the year and it's a dollar a week. And that money goes directly back to those people that have been injured or killed in the line of duty. So with that being said today on the show, we're going to talk about all of it, talk about the future, talk about what's going on, talk about the new building. It's it's freaking epic. So 
Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Burke Miner from the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Welcome to the Anchor Point. It's kind of weird, right? So that's a take, man. That's a take right there. <laughs> What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, we've got, well, the leader in the community and the f- executive director of the uh, Wildland Firefighter Foundation, man. I'm, I'm honored to be here and talk with you, man. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Um, want to get our message out to the boots on the ground and everybody who listens to your podcast, man. So thank you for being here. Oh yeah, Burke. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was probably a shitty introduction that I didn't introduce you by name, but Burke Miner, executive director of the Wildland Firefighter Foundation today. You're yeah. on the show, man. This is your platform. Love the platform, love the exposure and uh, love the community, man. So let's do this. Oh yeah, man. So I guess first and foremost, let's start from the beginning, man. Uh, how did you get into the Wildland Firefighter Foundation? Like, how did this whole thing start? The Wildland Firefighter evolved um, out of fire camp. Uh, my mother, Vicki Miner, and I were used to do contract commissary and, and fires. We'd take in a mobile retail store under the fire camps. And uh, in 1994, we happened to be one of the largest contractors out in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, mass casualties last that year. Uh, Storm King happened in 1994. Uh, the day after that happened, we woke up in camp and there was ribbons tied all over the trees. And as lonely old contractors, you know, we were kind of the last to know of what's going on or whatever. And we figured it out and you could see in the camp itself. And and we weren't in, in uh, Colorado. We actually were in New Mexico, but as the brotherhood goes in this community, you could definitely see on the faces of people in the camp, you could kind of feel the tension in the air. Something bad happened, right? Yeah. Uh, so we figured out that 14 firefighters had lost their lives the day before. Um, we actually created a t-shirt, a memorial t-shirt out of our commissary. It was the IAP for that day. Some, a native crew had drawn some great art. Uh, we took that art and made a t-shirt out of it. Uh, you know, fires either feast or famine. It's good to you or it's not. Uh, and it had been good to us for a couple of years and we just wanted to give back to the wildland community. At that time, there was absolutely nothing out there that took care of families, acknowledged families, you know, uh, the agency did the best they could in, in the nineties growing up, but you know, let's face it, they're a little behind the times as we evolved and got into where we are for sure these days. So the shirt was created, excuse me. We, uh, raised over a hundred thousand dollars with that t-shirt in our, in the rest of the commissaries for that season. No shit. Uh, we'd sent that money back to Washington DC to be dispersed to those families. Um, and at that point, all was good. We, we raised the money, we released it, and, and went back to the community. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just so happens Vicky had checked on the money about a year later uh, and had figured out not even, not even one cent of it had made it to any of those families. Uh, it got stuck in a nonprofit in, in Washington. Uh, we don't need to go who it was and where it was, but uh, it happened. Know, Vicky's banging on the door and like, hey, you know, that was our money and it was supposed to go to this place and we want it back to do this. And they're like, well, we don't really give our donors their money back. And if you, uh, any of the boots on the ground or people know Vicky Miner at this stage in the game, you're either going to get mother Teresa or Roseanne Barr, right? <laughs> uh, that place got Roseanne Barr that day for damn sure. And, uh, she raised a little, little, uh, ruckus over there and got the remaining of the money back. And at that point we started the purple ribbon that signifies a fallen firefighter. Yeah. Uh, that was pushed out of Vicky's living room for a, for a couple seasons after that with some connections with the chief of the forest service then, um, and kind of put the purple ribbon on the map uh, to signify a loss out there in the community. 
so to answer your question, how did the foundation start and where did it evolve? Uh, the foundation just evolved from that. Uh, nobody that's here or has run this place ever went to college to be directors of a nonprofit. It was in nobody's grand scheme of their life project, if you will, or whatever. Uh, the, the Wildland Firefighter Foundation just started evolving from helping people. Vicky just started helping people and you know, pretty soon families started wanting to meet other families and hear about that and the healing that comes from talking to somebody who's walked down that path. I mean, you know, everybody can look out there and, and talk about a snag falling on somebody or, or at the end of the day, worst case scenario, burnover. These are really ugly situations in a family to the tune of sometimes they're not even talked about in a family. Uh, so it's very hard to sit there and, and console somebody and say, well, I know how you feel when at the end of the day, nobody knows how they feel unless they've walked that path with their own experience. And so that right there, introducing families to each other to share their own path, their own healing, their own grief, and everything that comes with that started family day. Uh, family days, you know, where we bring all the families together and we've just kind of created a box for all the magic to work between the families and themselves. And they leave here with what we call nuggets of gold. Uh, you know, when stuff's creeping up on them at four o'clock in the morning because of their loss or whatever they encountered along the way, you know, they've met a buddy here at family day where they can certainly call and, and that person knows about the crap at four o'clock in the morning, knows about the path, knows about what's going on. And they talk and quite frankly, over the years that I've seen it, there is no better healing than that. You can talk to any kind of grief counselor, trauma counselor out there and, and yes, they do work and, and do great for people but at the end of the day there's nothing better than somebody that's walked that path and, and can share stories and bring the healing about yeah i mean comparatively speaking like if you're to compare that to like a hotshot crew right we're all out there embracing the suck together and now we oftentimes forget about our home life and when something happens that tragedy does happen you need that peer support structure to actually you know heal for that whole process man for sure you have to it's and definitely a process and yeah. definitely other people need it that's a, that's a tough road to walk alone. Yeah. And it's good to have other people. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate, don't get me wrong, but to have that connection with someone who's walking that similar path, like you're saying, man, that's, that's huge. And that's one of just one of the, just one of the very many things that the firefighter, the wildland firefighter foundation provides. You know, over the years, uh, <laughs> we've come into, let's face it. I've been involved with this foundation for 30 years now. There's nothing in this community I haven't seen. I've seen everything under the sun from any kind of fatality out there, however it can happen from the air, on the ground, in the fire, uh, you know, and every injury that's come along with that, same. Uh, we've mm -hmm. seen everything under the sun. There's nothing we haven't dealt with, and and we're good at it. Um, and we just keep, you know, we just keep helping people, whatever the needs are. Um, I like to call us the Make-A-Wish Foundation in the wildland community now. I don't, I don't care what you're going through. Just reach out and let me know what you're going through, and I'm going to get you some help, whether it's out of this office, which I hope it is. And if it's not, you know, I got contacts everywhere to get people through whatever they need. They got whatever need they have to get them through their process. We've dealt with and can get them on the path. It always blows me away because not a lot of people know the intricacies that go on behind the scenes. And I've only been here for what, three days at the foundation and to see people coming through the door, all walks of life, man. And this place is not only one wildly helpful to the families that are in need, the people that are in need, right? These are our brothers and sisters out there, whether you're a contractor, a fed, a state, doesn't matter if you put foot in the black from even not even if you put foot in the black, you can be putting foot in the black from the air at this point, right? Right. You still help those folks. And 
secondarily to that, this place is incredibly moving. If you walk through these doors and you see all these photos on the wall, it like, look at this shit, man. It gives me goosebumps. Makes talking your hair about stand, it. man. And if it didn't, you know, you wouldn't have a heart. Yeah. And it blows me away, you know, as a public building that we have and our doors are open to the public. Um, it, it's not like working at a Walmart or a 7-Eleven, man. You know, people aren't coming in here to get a gallon of milk and just no. doing their day-to-day routine, man. They, they probably got a lump in their throat they're swallowing. Uh, they have a need. Uh, they want to give back in some way. Uh, but they're emotionally touched on some level when they come through these doors. It is their, they know what they're doing when they're coming in here. And quite frankly, if they haven't been in here before, they are blown away. These pictures are overwhelming. Uh, and I tell people all the time, if you've been in this business for any amount of time, you either have heard of the story, you were on the fire, something that affects, you know, your visual sense when you come in here and see the picture, you're like, oh my God, I was there. I knew that. I, I worked with that guy or he was my crewmate. And, you know, these are the, the scabs start coming off at that point, man. You know, uh, oh, yeah. everybody stuffs it down while they're in camp. Unfortunately, you know, as the boots on the ground or in the air, when incident happens, the fire doesn't quit to let you mourn and heal, right? And that it does not. You still have a mission. You're to do. still back at it the next morning, busting your ass, man. Oh, yeah. And so you've had to shove that down. You've had to shove your traumas down. Uh, buck up and move on is kind of the old slang, you know? And uh, unfortunately, it, you know, it's not that way anymore. You know, we're, we're really getting in touch with our feelings as we, as we grow up and evolve as human beings, right? It's not the old stuff it down and get man. your ass back to work. You know, let's talk about this and, you know, crew meetings and SISM and everything is out there for the people, right? But when you come into the foundation, you're getting a real taste of what's happened in the community and the actual magnitude of how many you did not know that didn't make media that, you know, all sorts. I, that's one of the famous quotes in here when somebody comes in. I didn't know that there was that many. Literally the last three people that came in, we were bullshitting with those guys. That's verbatim what they said. I had no idea yeah, Well, this was the amount of people. You know, and, and if you don't deal with it on a day-to-day basis like the foundation does, you probably don't know. You catch it on the news. You catch it on social media. Uh, but quite frankly, there's a lot of those that don't even make any of those platforms, right? Um, yep. I mean, and there's also a catalog of people that we don't have up on the walls yet. Like, For sure. Yeah. It's still I mean, our backlog. mission is to honor past, present, and future, man, but I'm not God. I don't know every situation out there. And until they bring that situation to our awareness, you know, we've done our best to catalog and go back into the history. If you look at these walls, you know, they're clear back into the 40s, right? Yeah. Uh, but we didn't even come about until 1994 and quite frankly, just got started at that point, uh, you know, and we are, we don't miss much nowadays, but. There certainly is plenty from the past that, you know, have gone unnoticed or unhonored. And, you know, what we, uh, we depend on people that know those stories to bring them to us and, and honor their friend or whoever they're speaking about. Right. Uh, and, and it's a beautiful thing. It happens a lot. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's, it's a very, uh, it, it gets real, real as soon as you walk in the door here because you understand the gravity of the situation, right? The, this is the unfortunate truth that, comes with the territory of our careers, right? For sure. No this is a dangerous it. job. It, it, it is. And this is living proof right here. That's a lot of it could happen. I mean, we don't want to. And like you were saying right there, we tend to bury that shit deep down inside and we don't want to talk about it or we can't heal from it. But when you come to a place like this, you can truly understand the gravity of everything, the culture, the humanity, the human factors, this is preserving a legacy 
I walked in here, man, and I counted eight people that I directly knew or worked, directly worked with or has mentored me on these walls. Shit, some of the people I've, I've grown up with, man. And it's actually, it, every time I come in here, Burke, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard, but it's a wonderful, bittersweet experience. Even you know, at the we're old looking eye to eye, man, and I can see it in your eyes when it's coming out in mine, and it is hard. If, if, you, if, you, if it wasn't hard, you wouldn't have a heart. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, it's one of my most famous questions when people come in here, how do you work here? And I, uh, it, it's past the hard for me. It's about honor. It's about bringing that loved one to light. It's about honoring that family uh, so their firefighters never forgotten. Uh, it's about the legacy of that family that their, their guy was out there, their, their mom was out there. It doesn't matter the gender, man. Their firefighter was out there. They bleed the same blood as us, man. They, they all bleed the same, man. And, yeah. and it's an honor to serve these families and it's an honor to keep this legacy alive. There's nowhere other, else in the country where you can go and walk in and witness something like you see when you get in here. I mean, every little town has their own little monument. Every little town has their own picture of their firefighter. Yeah. But nowhere in the country, man, are they all honored like this. I mean, it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming when you come in here. But, you know, being a host of this is all I am. Uh, you know, we are a nonprofit. Nobody's ever going to own it. So I host it right now, right? Yeah. Being the host of this is, is probably the most honoring thing I've ever done in my life. And uh, it's an honor to serve. It's got to be a tremendous amount of weight on your shoulders as a consequence of that, though, because you deal with this directly on a day-to-day -day basis, man. And like you were just saying right there, it's like your most common question. And I, I, I even asked you that at the fundraiser we did on Saturday night. How do you do this? Well, it's just, you know, um, I don't know how I got here or anything like that, but I'm definitely on my life path. And it's an honor for me to serve. It's an honor for me to go hear their stories. It's an honor for me to... For to help talk to them about whatever they got going on or, or find them the right resource to help them heal. Uh, it's an honor and it's been, it's been put on my plate and, uh, just dealing with the tenfold man, uh, kind of hit my stride at 50 and this foundation's doing great things and on a bigger scale than it ever has. So it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And man. you know, why are, why everybody's listening? It's, it's not a Burke minor or a Vicky minor thing. We have a whole staff here. We have volunteers from all over the community. Uh, there's a lot of people in the community doing a lot of good work, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're just kind of, you know, where the buck stops at, at the honoring level that we are. Oh yeah. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> speaking of people out there in the community doing wonderful stuff for not only the firefighter foundation, but the community in general, shout out to Sam, Sam Piercy. Today's his birthday. It's today. Happy birthday, Sam. You're out there <laughs> listening. Hope you're chiming in, man. Uh, Sam, Sam's a phenomenal human He's being. A great you know? dude. Um, his heart's behind what he does, just like ours is here. He gets it. He's been through it. He's been in the system long enough. You know, like you said, eight or ten people on these walls, same for him, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Sam, I'm calling you out on your birthday, but uh, Sam lost his daughter here not too long ago and pushed through his own fundraiser with that, and his heart's definitely in it and honoring her at the same time. And, you know, when you got to tragedy in your family like that, a lot of families shut down and, and deal with that and, Sam kept po poking through with his, you know, fundraisers and what he does for the community. And on that's his healing, right? I mean, everybody has their way to heal. Yeah. Uh, just keep pushing it forward and keep paying it forward and doing that. So uh, for all you out there man? listening, if you can get over to the ripping lips and catch that big fish this year. And, you know, there's a lot in it for the fishermen over there as well. But, uh, yep, happy birthday, Sam. <laughs> that is the, that whole family. 
they're incredible humans. And they you know, I, I hate to target Sam, but it is his birthday today. But those those kind of people are everywhere doing fundraisers for us, and they're it's a wonderful thing. That's their way of giving back. And then they all have their things they go through. They have all been affected in wildland fire at some point, and they all believe in us, and they keep the fundraising going. And it, and it's incredible to watch, and it's incredible to be a part of. This is a incredible community. That's the thing, man. It's it's uh, like you said, it's. It's one of those things where you kind of briefly touched on it in that, but uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to know somebody or something may happen. If you spend a long enough time in this career, it should be no surprise. Well, it, it's always a surprise. It's kind of hard to, I guess, put into context, but eventually something will happen. Either someone you know will be affected or you may even be affected personally with like an injury or something like that. Now, Burke, you've even, you've helped people that I know. Well, listen, here's the deal. And I get this from every crew that comes in here or anything like that. When you sign up to be a federal employee under the job we're doing out there, there's a little piece of paper in there that you sign. It's called a beneficiary form. Where would you like your money sent when you, when you've, are not here, right? Yeah. You don't sign those forms man. at McDonald's. You don't sign those forms at, at car salesmen. You don't sign those forms anywhere else. You are entering a dangerous occupation. That's the writing on the wall when you see that in your initial paperwork, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and why we're talking about those beneficiary forms, I know you got a broad scheme of listeners out there, age bracket. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to tell them, you've been in the system for 10, 15 years. Your life has changed somewhere through that. And if it hasn't, you've got a great relationship and kudos to you. But more times than not, people have been through divorces. They've gone through this, that, and the other. Consequence uh, of the career. I man. encourage federal employees to go back and kind of check their beneficiary form they signed 15 years ago at mm-hmm. that point. Uh, you were probably in love with your baby mama, would have gave her the world, signed her up on there. 10, 15 years later, you know, you, you kind of hate that person and life has happened and this has happened, but she's still on your beneficiary form. And guess what's going to happen when you die? Guess where the money's going, right? Uh, and believe it or not, we deal with this a lot. Uh, there's nothing worse at the end of the day when you're dealing with a fatality and then money issues chime in with where money's going and who's getting it and this, that, and the other. So yeah. to all you feds out there that have been listening and been, been in the program for a while, check your beneficiary form. Yeah. Update that stuff. Cause uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's important. It is important. It's very important. And yeah, I mean, it's just the simple things too. But, you know, to touch on that, uh, I don't think we do a good job of kind of front loading, like the real, the real talk, if you will, of this career right. to our rookies, right? We preach this is the most bad. Why would they? It would scare them the hell away, right? Exactly. They need to get them on and get the fire out. So no, let's just throw that paperwork in there. Science like buying a house, you yeah, know, you just got pencil whip that shit and 50, call it a day. 50 pieces of paper you're signing. This is one of them that's in there. Let's not really talk about what it is, you know, just get out there and cut line. Yeah. But front loading that and kind of being not necessarily, uh, trying to scare people away because we all know that this job is inherently dangerous, but being a little bit more transparent about some of the un- uh, inconvenient truths. I think we need to do a better job of that. That's from, a management side, a fire side of things. Yeah, well, luckily you're not in that position and neither am I. So we'll leave that to the professionals. All we can do is try <laughs> to educate people on it, right? Right. I mean, speaking of education, that's another thing that you've turned this entire foundation into. And that all started with 
Vicky, of course, and now you're past the, you've been past the torch and you're running with it, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to the next stage of that marathon. The educational component behind the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, it's it's not only preserving the legacy of these injured and fallen firefighters, but also telling the story of wildland fire. And that's something that's going to be developing even more so here shortly with the new additions to the building, the interpretive center. As the new building evolves, you know, uh, we're going to lean towards that. This will be an interpretive center for wildland fire. It'll be a place where the, you know, the fallen is honored, uh, where magic happens every day to the community, uh, needs, hardships, uh, long-term stuff. Like, um, at this point in my career, how can I offer that and not offer the, offer the other? Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a family of a firefighter in here. Yes, everybody's family knows their their loved one's a hotshot or a firefighter. Or yeah, but what does that mean? Whatever, he's a, whatever he is, but yeah. right? Do they really know what he's doing out there? Not a fucking clue. I, I know tons of firefighters that don't even let their people know what's going on, right? Because they don't want to worry him that bad. Um. So at the end of the day, when people come in here, you know, we want them to know what their firefighter does. We want them, we want even the public to know uh, what a wildland firefighter is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's that uh, whole misconception, right? It's like if you tell, like, I, I guarantee you any firefighter that boots on the ground that is listening to this and you tell some Joe Blow public that you're a wildland firefighter, what's the first two things that they guess at? You're either Cal Fire or a smoke jumper. Or they take you right to the red truck. They don't know the goddamn difference, right? The difference, I mean, man. so... You know, in any presentation or anything you'll ever hear me talk about, uh, I always state uh, for damn sure the wildland firefighter is the most underrated public servant we have walking this planet. And at the end of the day, if if I have anything to do with it, I'm certainly educating people out there on what's really going on. I mean, at the end of the day, the majority of the public do not get it until there's a column mile and a half in the sky burning their asses out of their cabins right then they, oh, yeah. then they're paying attention green buggies and yellow buggies running everywhere and helicopters and retarding shit in the air you know for them it's like looking at a circus uh, war zone circus right oh yeah uh they're fleeing their homes they don't they don't get it and then two three weeks later you can go back to that same neighborhood and they got pieces of plywood and bedding sheets out there thank you wildland firefighters <laughs> right and they get it then there's all of a sudden yeah uh, but we're evolving you know and fire's yeah. evolving and you know, uh, as we've moved past forest fires, if you will, and, and we're in the day and age of catastrophic fire, mm-hmm. you know, it's seen. Every, you, you turn on the news at any time during the summer, you got crazy, crazy stuff going on all over the country, yeah, right? Look at this year, man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. How can you, if you, unless your just head is buried in the sand, how can you not at least have heard the terminology of a wildland firefighter? Yeah. And that's the thing, man. It's, it, it's just so crazy, though that people forget. And that's one thing that I've always tried to wrap my head around is why the public always forgets about wildfire, right? When the catastrophic damage happens during the summer, right? I mean, you had loss of Greenville during the Dixie fire, you had the Beckworth complex, you had the Caldor fire this year, and this is like pristine, beautiful land. And that's just on California alone. We're not talking about the rest of the United States all the way to the continental divide and beyond. Well, let's expand on that a little bit. I mean, everybody's been talking about global warming for 25 years. And, yeah. and I'm no ecologist or professional in it by any stretch of the imagination. But I've been in this community long enough to understand fuel's changing, everything's changing. Shit is changing. And it's not just paradise. It's just not Dixie and it's just not Caldor, man. Australia's burning to the ground, right? Oh, yeah. It's a global problem we're having. And that's the thing. When winter comes around, and that, that's, that's the one thing I, I, I need to figure out how, and I think as a community, we need to figure out how to like really, truly 
express is once the snow starts flying, it's like people are just so concentrated on what's directly in front of them, not the long-term consequences, right? So once that snow starts flying, it's just like, oh, fire season's no longer an issue. It's a temporary problem that's in your backyard, and it's only a problem if it's in your backyard. Unless you live in Colorado. Unless you live in Colorado or Southern California. I mean, shit, Santa, what was it, Santa Barbara two weeks ago? Yeah, well, I mean, God, man. what's been happening in Colorado the last two years even? Eh? Three. Yeah. Three yeah. years, man. Snow on the ground and things are just burning, right? 1,200 Straight out of Star lost. Wars, but uh, it is what it is, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, over the short amount of time that I've been in the wildfire game is a very short 11 years, right? There's plenty of other badasses out there that have a significant amount more time hanging over my head and experience. And they've seen a lot worse shit than I have. I think all of us can agree that the fire regime, the fire behavior, it's not only changed, but it's only trending in one direction. That's typically for the worse. It's, I hate to be doom and gloom about it, but that's mathematically where it's fucking headed. Well, I mean, just, just watch the news, man. And, uh, you you know, be a fool if they didn't agree with you. And that's another thing too, is like the long-term consequences, right? I mean, yeah, the forest is going to grow back over, you know, maybe a couple hundred years. But well, listen, there's a lot of talk about that. And you're, you're only an hour south of one of the most major fires that I've ever seen in Loma, Idaho in the late 80s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the tune we're in these steep mountains and it did create its own firestorm. It had its own tornado going and completely annihilated the landscape down to dirt, right? There's oh, yeah. nothing standing. Here we are 30 years later and it's still not very evolved, man. <laughs> and it has been planted. It has been taken care of. But, you know, when people say, oh, it can be replanted and our kids will see that well. You know, it's a long, that's a long time coming, man. It's a long time. That's I generational mean, my damage. Kids are, my kids are here now. They're in their early 20s. They go to Loman and they see these small trees. Absolutely is not the same forester that I seen when I was 20. So yeah. let's get a reality check on that. Yeah, you're probably cruising through there hunting. For having sure. a good time it's big camping. timber. Big yeah. timber country, man. And it's gone. And it'll take a long time to be big timber country again. Oh, yeah. And that's also another thing, too, is like the future consequences is like now speaking of the rainfall and the snow and all that shit, now you have this fire scarred landscape that men and women have bled and sweat on and potentially have sacrificed much more. Now you have the consequence of like the landslides, all the other long-term damage that we don't think about when we see a wildfire. We pack our shit up after three weeks or however long the campaign fire lasts and we go off to wintertime and sure. Yeah. Now, how do we fix that? That's a larger conversation. That's a topic of a longer conversation. I wouldn't touch out with a 10-foot pole on this I'm show, not even man. Pretend but, uh, right? I'm not even going to know. I'm not even going to pretend to guess. Not, like in, not even in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a, we'll see what happens. I mean, if something doesn't change, I don't know what it is that has to change, but it's, it's only going to become worse. And yeah. I don't, yeah. We just need to keep our boots on the ground, you know, sharp and aware situational awareness uh doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out when these guys start in in may uh and then in late august september you got these million acre fires going on mm-hmm. they're not robots man they're humans they get they get tired you see that thousand mile stare on them oh yeah you go through a camp in late august september a thousand mile stairs everywhere man people are burnt out man and well uh, that's the thing it's like we're basically a piece of equipment absolutely and that's another thing you guys stand in with and you help with is when that let's just call a spade a spade here 
the federal government is not the best at uh, repairing its broken equipment. Well, listen, you can stay on the card game there with the spade of spade. I got to stay out of that conversation. I play a very neutral role here. I support the federal government. Uh, you know, at the end of the at the end of this day, I'm probably the only nonprofit in the country that takes care of the government that's not accept government money, right? Okay. Uh, so everybody can have their uh, thoughts, ideals, everything like that, and I certainly have my own. Uh, but I uh, can't do that on the air with you. But by all means, well, credit where credits due. That situation is changing, and they're they're becoming more educated about helping and understanding the gravity of what we do. However, when that machinery gets worn down, you guys are generous enough that if someone calls you and they need help and they don't know where to find it, you guys point them in the right direction and fuck, even you guys pay for it. You guys help. That's what we're here for, man. We are the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, right? I mean, we're here to take care and serve and honor. Yeah. That's the thing though, is like, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the Wildland Firefighter Foundation and what you guys actually do, what your mission is. I know that I've seen it. I know what you guys do, but it doesn't, the bucket for you guys at the, at the WFF, it doesn't just stop at injured and the fallen. It goes vastly beyond that. Way beyond that. Um, you know, in, in 30 years of dealing with fatalities and, uh, this might sound cliche or not, and I hope nobody takes it in the wrong way, but at the end of the day, when there's a line of duty fatality, Everybody in the country comes to help with that, as they should, right? Absolutely. Um, as a community. And that person should be honored and the family should be taken care of to the highest degree at, at 50 different functions around the country. They should go to everyone and get what's there for their family. Yeah. But at the end of this day, and let's just say that fatality happened on any forest, pick the name of it, I don't care, but somebody else on that forest has died in a car wreck. For the survivors and other members of that forest that go to work every day and are used to seeing those people, whether he died in a line of duty incident or whether he was killed in a car wreck, whether he died of cancer, it, it, it doesn't matter. That person is mourned and lost and, you know, touched people's lives in, in a significant way. Death is death. Uh, so yes, we're there for the line of duties. Yes, we do that. But, you know, having witnessed over 30 years, Everybody in the country shows up for that. And quite frankly, on the non-line of duties, the car wrecks, the cancers. It's not treated the same. Nobody's there, man. Uh, but we are. We're going to be there and we're going to keep doing that. That's who we are and what we stand for. And that's another thing too, man. It's like the non-line of duty deaths, the unfortunate mental health consequences in association with suicide there, the freak accidents all that, sh- all that stuff, man. Let's, let's just call it life. Yeah, life. Life happens. Life happens, man. And you guys stand in there to pick up and patch the holes. Yeah, that's what we do. And I don't think a lot of people realize is that, that that doesn't necessarily just include feds. That is carte blanche anybody who fit, puts foot in the black, whether it's from the air, the ground, the wheels, internationally. Contractors. Contractors. You know, contractors is a huge part of it. I yeah. Mean, you know, if we can politically say, uh, contractors you know, aren't talking about running out of fed resources, where do they go? Right. Contractors just as important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately they lose their lives out there too, just right next to a fed. And you know, uh, that, that's a whole bucket of worms, but you're absolutely right. We're there for everybody. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, when you talk about a contractor in a line of duty fatality, there is not, nothing for them there, man. No, it's not right? like they there's have no public safety officers benefits. There's no honor guard. There's no fund. 
There's nothing. The whole nine yards. There's none of it there. So yeah. quite frankly, if anybody out there needs us, they do, right? Absolutely. More so than the feds, I'd say. Well, you know, it's, uh, I, I treat it on an equal scale, but yeah, been in the community long enough to know where the buck stops and who's getting, who's getting love and who's not, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like they're not treated as our equal. At the end of the day, and I will say it. You can say it. Yeah, they're not treated the same. No. They're not. They're, they're definitely not. and uh, Not here to talking about why and how we can change and blah, 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 blah. That's uh, a topic of a lot of conversation. Here, man, for sure. Yeah. Not trying to segregate, not doing anything like that, no. but just trying to spread the love, man, equally. Yeah. And now the international aspect, Canada, Australia. Let's yeah. talk about that, man. Dude, when I'm sitting here running this foundation and I'm watching Australia burn to the point where the koala population might not ever come back. They might be extinct, man. They, have, they eat one fucking thing <laughs> and that's the only thing that grows down there pretty much. Right. Eucalyptus. Exactly, man. But, it's gone. You know, I can't sit here and watch what's happening over there and watch their firefighters going down. They do it on a completely different scale. Yep. Yes, there's training back and forth between countries. There's this, that, and the other. There's an exchange program. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, why shouldn't I help over there? Uh, you know, two years ago, they had seven fatalities over there. Mm -hmm. was involved with every one of them. We have bronze statues and brigades over there currently, right? It's a brotherhood. doesn't matter. Like, we're going to go back to my statement about Paradise, California. It's not just Paradise, man. It's happening globally. So if I'm the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, I got them to take care of these guys on a global level. I, I don't care where they're at. Uh, there's nothing more I can say to that. We're spreading the love wherever it needs to be, man. And that's the thing, man. They're, you guys are very unique that you stand out in the community as the one-stop shop, basically, for the entire globe. Listen, you're not going to see on my social media or on my website how many people I help during a day, where our money's going, to which family. I, I certainly don't air family's laundry. Never will. Never have. We don't pound, pound on our chest. You know, our, our momentum, our movement. Everything is from the boots on the ground. Uh, it, it, it spreads from mouth to mouth. Hey, the foundation helped me, man. Why don't you, you know, see if they can help you, blah, blah, blah. And you'd be surprised how many phone calls I get here from donors. Mm -hmm. Hey, I was, I asked this firefighter, where's a good place to put my money? You know, the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. It's coming right out of the boots of the ground's mouth. Yeah. That is my advertisement. It's not on my social media. It's not nowhere. There's it's, no need it's to the love it. I give to the boots on the ground. And that's the message that comes back, man. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's the thing though, is like, there's no need to gloat. There's no need to beat chests and pound chests or anything like that because people know. No, it's certainly look not about many, that for us. We'll look at how many lives, it goes without saying, look at how many lives you've touched. Yeah. Well, you've but been here for how many days? Three days. And how many have you seen, right? <laughs> A lot. And we're in the winter time. Yeah. Uh, this is people the People just part. keep coming through our doors with needs, man. Yeah. We just keep helping. Well, shit, even the fundraiser that we do with Kevin, man. Yeah. I mean, that was epic. It was it just, epic. Like Kevin's message, the best yeah. thing that I took away from that night, it was not the money that was raised. It was, it was the these other smoke jumpers and hotshots that say, dude, you made me man enough to talk about my mental illness, what I'm hiding from my family, what I was stuffed down. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of those things, right? To get people to uncover themselves and get healed, man. It takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and it takes a lot of courage to admit that, hey, I need help because we're sure. a bunch of proud proud people we Adren don't like proud, to admit. proud adrenaline junkies man oh yeah dude we're chasing that high constantly right? man and well, wintertime is the hardest time 
that high, you can't chase that high. So you go chase it other ways. Right. Well, you know, we are, uh, we've evolved from wherever we evolved from, but we are, we are a group of people. Oh yeah. We're a tribe. Uh, while you guys are traveling in your buggies through the summer, you got that community love. You got the brotherly love, right? Mm-hmm. Fire season's it's over and you go family. to Reno, you go to wherever to ski resorts, Bahamas. I don't care. Suck on martinis down on the beach. You're lonely. When you're lonely, your issues start surfacing, right? You're in deep thought. You're thinking about shit that's affected you. Oh, yeah. Uh, off season is definitely a tough time for mental illness, man. And that's another thing, too, like the mental health programs that you guys run. I, I, I know personally a lot of people that I've sent your direction. Now, I'm not going to throw out a number or anything like that. I'm not going to throw out names. Never, ever do that. But the amount of people that I've referred to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation that you've referred to culturally competent commissions across the entire United States and shit, even internationally in Canada. Yeah. It's a, let's just say it's a significant number. And, and that's just you. That's just me. Right. Not including people like Hotshot Brewery or whoever else. You know, um, we're sitting here doing a podcast and you're, you're talking to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation and I'm talking to you about what we do and who we serve. And we get into the, the, you know, the mental aspect of, of this job that you guys do out there and what you see and what you encounter. How could I sit here and talk about, yeah, we can help you. We can do all this. If I didn't have my pockets loaded with arsenal, let's call it. And I'm talking about mental clinicians, right? Yeah. You guys have an arsenal. <laughs> Absolutely. We do. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go boasting that we take care of people if I couldn't back it up. Yeah. That's the thing though, is that you guys follow through, right? You know, uh, you take care of us during the hard times. Yeah. It's wild, man. In this whole place, it's not only sombering, but it's wildly beneficial. But I think more importantly is it's a cornerstone of the community is what I'm getting at. This is the home for the wildland firefighter here. I mean, right to the Pulaski's on our door handles, right? Absolutely. This new building is to the fact when I get boots on the ground or in the air that come to my building, they're going to know damn well right when they open that door, they're at home. And that's what I want. I uh, want them to feel at home here. I want them to shed their stories. I want them to feel like they can talk here. Uh, that's what we stand for. That's what we are. And that's why they come here. Yeah. I mean, shit, even in their off time, I didn't think that last time I was up here and that was at the former, oh, their building it was 2018. And last time I was through these doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, granted, they're different doors now because we're, you have a new building, you're expanding, you're doing the interpretive center, but even at the old building, man, you walk through that place, it's heavy, but it's home. It's home. It's a home. You know, we can talk about any aspect of it, but every aspect we have, you're not going to find again in the country. Nobody else is duplicating what we're doing. People are trying to help, obviously. There's, like we talked about, amazing organizations out there doing amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, I've been around the country. I'm well-traveled, been in this business for a long time, and I've never seen anything like it. So I feel safe saying that. It's one hell of an endeavor, man. And I, I guess I could probably speak on the behalf of, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to speak on behalf of the entire fire community, but thank you for what you do over here, man. Uh, well, thank goes, you for what you do, man. You're one of the people I talk about here that are trying to make change, you know, and bring about awareness of whatever's going on. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, it takes a whole tribe to, to raise a child, man. And at the end of the day, it does. And we're just one aspect of that. But uh, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, man. As far as the future lies, though, I have this this uh, vision board over here. I dragged that over when you weren't looking so I could show it to the camera and everybody looking. But I'm going to grab this thing real quick and maybe you can go into explaining what 
the future of the wildland firefighter we, we wildland firefighter foundation is and we kind of briefly touched on it with the interpretive center but i think a visual would be pretty good for the folks that are watching this on youtube sure pull it up so this is going to be the future of the wildland firefighter foundation this is going to be the home if you will for our our culture we're a culture we're a community whatever you want to call it man it looks like a ranger station you know it's a place it's, of business first of all uh, and you get that from that uh, but it's also very fire related man uh, the front lookout tower here uh, you know in the interpretive aspect where you know uh, old lookout towers played a huge part in wildland fire right have to talk about that uh, we've duplicated some of that stuff but you know internally all through this place You'll, you'll find every aspect of fire and you'll learn some information about every aspect of fire through there as well. And you get to honor everybody that's passed through these walls. And the walls of honor, man, obviously. Yeah. Uh, they're all the way through this place. These walls could talk, man. I mean, they talk in their own way, but it's, it's incredible. The future of the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, man, I'm excited to see what it turns into. I mean, we've talked about what it's going to look like, what that vision is. And I'm excited to see the future of this, man. You, you and me both, man. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I can design. I can throw my input into contractors that are around doing this, that, and the other. We can have signage built. We can do all that. But at the end of the day, it's the community that's creating this place, man. And it's a beautiful thing. You know, I actually had a uh, conversation with Chewy last night. And uh, this, this... Hi, Chewy. <laughs> Hi, Chewy. <laughs> and we actually got upon this, this subject about how how related everybody is like the, how, how the, the correlation between everybody in this community doesn't matter if it's a business, doesn't matter if it's a podcast, doesn't matter if it's Shuey's paintings or whoever's out there in the community, everything comes full circle through Absolutely these doors does. back out and through these doors, man. Absolutely. It does. It's one of the tightest knit, you know, communities I've been around. I haven't been in the military. I haven't done all that. I get it. I get the camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, but I have been in, in this community and it, it is tight, man. They've, you know, these pictures on the walls, their, their buddy that's came in or their, it's always, Hey, I cut line with that guy. I went to an Academy. I'm this, I'm the brother hotshot crew to that crew. Uh, we trained together. We drank a beer together. doesn't matter what the story is. They've encountered each other, man. Somewhere along the way. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, the camaraderie here is tight. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's magic, man. And I definitely want to see this continue on for in perpetuity, man. I just want to see this go on forever. Well, listen, man, nobody does more than, uh, you know, the, the original directors here, which I'm one of them. And, uh, we're building, we're building sustainability here. We're building not only for the building and the things you see, but for the people we serve the sustainability that's here for generations to come to take care of these people, man. That's what we're building here. And it shows you guys are passionate about it. I mean, everybody in here is just wonderful. Everybody. These aren't just regular employees, man. We have uh, basically three families that work here uh, and they've all been here a very long time. Uh, they all bring their uniqueness to the table uh, as far as what they do for the staff here uh, and to make this whole thing go around, man. Right. I mean, it, it takes that, but <clears throat> I just don't hire every Tom, Dick, and Harry off the street that needs a job to be here. It's it's not that kind of place. Yeah, and you got to be oozing some passion for this community on some level uh, to even have that conversation. 
Yeah. And that's the thing is like, there's going to be a lot of, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that, you know, are inspired by your story and they kind of want to try and be a part of it more so. And it's, I, 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 when people ask me, how do I get involved with the Wildland Firefighter Foundation? I mean, I can say, yeah, you know, hit up Burke or call this number or, you know, support them by joining the 52 club. But what's your thoughts on that? How can someone become more involved with the community? Look, everybody wants to be a part of something great, man. Yeah. I mean, they really do at the end of the day. Um, I'm still a part of many other organizations. I love to be a part of something greater than what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, To answer your question, for somebody to feel a part of the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, to feel a part of the Wildland community, my favorite thing is having them do fundraisers. Mm -hmm. Fundraisers bring out their own stuff in their own community. It supports the community at large that we serve. Educates the public. Huh? It educates the public. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's always people, you know, that didn't know that are invited to these different functions, mm-hmm. you know, and now you got somebody that's interested and maybe they go do their own fundraiser or maybe they bring something to the table that nobody thought of that touches that group that night. I mean, there's little synchronicities that happen through that all the time, man, right? Anything that's done on a heartfelt level will draw synchronicities and the pe- right people to it. So oh, yeah. Uh, for people that want to get involved with the foundation, Let's chat, do a fundraiser out there, bring your own local community together, your families, uh, and then also on the bigger scale, the wildland community, let's take care of it. Yeah. And I think that's a bigger thing too. It's, it's, it is, is it about the foundation to a degree, but is it more about the boots on the ground? That's, that's the real mission. It's about the people we serve. You know, the foundation is just a building. It's just a name, Uh, but you got to operate that and you got to keep taking care of people. You got to, you got to do your mission, right? Yeah. Our mission is to reach in and sustain the home of a killed or injured wildland firefighter. And we're good at it. Uh, doesn't happen overnight. Doesn't grow on trees. We need fundraisers. We need people that want to get involved. We need want, We need people that want to push the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're running a business over there. Shit just don't happen on its own, man. No, you got to get out and beat the streets, right? Yeah. Takes a uh, lot of work. We've been doing it for a long time. And there's a lot of fundraisers out there and there can never be too many. And that's another thing too, is like, it, I think people kind of get hung up with the fact that they need to be like some big tool swinging fucking hotshot superintendent to throw a, a fundraiser. Absolutely not, man. You can be anybody. You can be anybody. And those, <laughs> some of the best fundraisers come from anybody, right? Right. Uh, you get a little passion behind what you're doing. Uh, people feed on passion. Oh, yeah. Let We're me look feeding at on each other's right now. Yeah. Look at what Kevin did on Saturday. Absolutely. It's like man, short right? notice, one month notice, dude. And, and this is from a guy that did boom. a write up. Hey, man, I'm kind of a got a loose marbles in my head. I've had my own traumatic traumas. I've, yeah. you know, uh, I've talked to a pistol face to face, right? He admitted that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he got his ass down the road and he did it for the community, he did it for himself. And you heard me tell him that night out of the, Two months I've been working with that guy and watch him start before he even started pedaling. Oh, yeah. He was a changed man. You could see it on him the night he wrapped this fundraiser up. Oh, yeah. His experiences along the road out there on the highway with his dog. <laughs> the to the, to the people that are supporting him, to the stories we heard that night, you know. Jesus, man. Uh, it's risky business sleeping on a, you know, Side native land like that or whatever. And to get blessed like he did, that's good medicine. We talked about it that night, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, guy, the guy had a drive. He, he threw his cards on the table. He wasn't hiding nothing. He did it for what he, he believed in. And look what it turned into, man. That, 
Fuck, the dude got a haircut, right? I know. I How much more change do you need to go from a hippie to bald and still supporting it? <laughs> I was going to piss at him because he like, cut all his hair off for that fundraiser. I'm like, that's, oh, what that's, the hell, dude? That's changed, man. Oh, yeah, that happened. A new, a new Kevin was born with a new head of hair, right? Oh, yeah, man. Well, I mean, we shit, we did three episodes with him. So Kevin, we, I hope you're driving down the road listening, man. Kudos to you. <laughs> we did three episodes with him, right? Me and him sat down, kind of explained his journey from start to end, right? Yeah. And we ended it here. And I couldn't think of a better place to end it, his last episode with Anchor Point here. And uh, I think it's cool to have everything come full circle. We did the fundraiser, recorded an episode with you, and now I'm on the radio with you explaining the mission and the vision, the goal, the community behind the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. And I just really want to stress and reiterate how much the Wildland Firefighter Foundation does for the community and how much you inspire people. Even Kevin's story, man. I mean, shit, that guy is inspiring everybody. Left and right, man. Yeah. I was inspired listening to him, man. Yeah. And I've heard every story out there. (laughs) And it's wild because you guys are doing the same. You know, those are are footsteps in in among each other. It it takes people to help us help the community, man. And that's what that was, right? Yeah. And that guy helped himself along the way. But that relationship right there, how it's like, is like fucking Velcro, man. Absolutely. You're never going to be able to peel that apart. No. Uh, You and Sam. For sure. You and the hotshot hoot nanny or everybody that comes through this door, man, everybody, man. And I think that we need a little bit more of that instead of the, the posturing, posturing, or look at how big my, whatever is, you know, I think we need a little bit. Are we talking about whatever's (laughs) I mean, the posturing thing and the ego thing. I mean, I think we need to hang that up for a little while and just like you said, man, spread a little love to everybody. doesn't matter if you're a fucking contractor, an Aussie, a Canadian, state a fed we're all in this together man we're in a brotherhood for damn sure yeah Uh, but to take it one step further than that you know we're part of humanity man spread the love come from the heart be truth seek truth uh be the light man oh yeah absolutely and kudos to your your mom man vicky is a fucking wonderful human being i mean this award over here was just out of the camera frame but the caring award it's pretty amazing stuff, man. She's a, she's a very accomplished woman. Um, you know, one of my things as uh, she's in her early retirement of two years, uh, <laughs> one of my things is to tell people, you know, uh, my mother wore a size eight shoe and I wear a size 12 and I'll be filling her shoes the rest of my life, man. There's no doubt about it. Right. Uh, how do you, how do you even comparative the stage she said in the place she left me? Um, all I can do is keep going on my own. Uh, from what I've learned from her, from what I'm watched, uh, the love she spreads, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, this community would be a much different place without her and the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. I can assure you of that. I can't even envision a community without that. I can't. Well, you know, we can sit here and I, I'll keep giving kudos through this whole thing. There's many of people out there doing many great things, not taking away nothing from anybody, man, but. Uh, my mother's, uh, she's, she's left her mark in the wildland community, man. She was the mother of wildland fire. Absolutely. Uh, it's an honor to, it's an honor to try to take, take that and run with it. Uh, it's an honor to try to fill her footsteps. Um, and I'm, and I'm doing it just on a different level. Uh, we're going different, branching out into many different ways. Uh, you know, it's a big world we live in and a lot of opportunity to do a lot of things, right? Absolutely. Uh, but, um, Phenomenal woman and phenomenal work she's done. 
You and for everybody listening, man, how many of you worked with your parents, right? It hasn't been always easy. So it wasn't, it wasn't the, the After whole, family, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was in my mid forties wondering, I'm in a midlife crisis, man. I work with my mother. What am I doing? Am I on my path? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, things evolve and the universe has a way of slapping you in the face and, and letting you know you are on your path and doing things like that. But uh, certainly all wasn't uh, unicorns and sparkles, man. No, it's a hard I mean, it's, it's, it's a passion project at the end of the day, man. It's, it is. And, you know, without that drive and that passion, this would never be where it is today. And you're continuing that legacy and you're doing a fucking great job, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm passionate every day that I give people all the time. Oh, it sounds like you got a great job. Well, it's far from a job for me, man. You know, it is a life path. It is my mission. And it's something that you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to come do, right? I'm yeah. excited. What's coming through these doors next? Who can we take care of today? Uh, it, it's definitely not a job for me. And I, um, not even in the wheelhouse of a, of a normal job, right? No. Uh, it's just somebody, it's who I am and what I do. Yeah. You're passionate about it, man. And that's the thing too, is like, I think a lot of people don't understand that the amount of work, I mean, we had this conversation yesterday or what was it? Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. About it's a 24 hour a day thing. 24-7, man. 24-7, dude. I'm, I'm taking care of crap in the middle of the night. I'm delegating to, you know, trauma therapists, my staff, uh, getting flights ready. Uh, coordinating. Coordinating everything. On the guard. Initial, initial conversations, right, with families and with fresh widows and fresh mothers. And that's just not easy, man, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. That, and I think that you do a good job, and your mom also did a good job, and I think that's where you picked that up, or maybe just absorbed, but... You, you take the time to go hang out with these families from the stories you've been telling me, man. It's like you, you stick around for as long as it needs to be. Well, it's not just families. It's the boots on the ground, man. And that's, yeah. that's the community I live in. It's the community I love. It's the community I serve, man. And I will spend the time when we seen it that night at the fundraiser, you know, yeah. every there's, I cannot go anywhere to any type of function in this community and not have people coming up and sharing their stories of gratefulness or thankfulness to the foundation or, how we've affected their lives or anything like that, man. And it, um, why would I want to be doing anything else? I couldn't think of anything there's, else. That there's nothing else that can even compare to it, man. And I've yeah. done everything under the sun. It's wild. It's wild to hear your story. Um, and it's also, I guess it's wild to understand like how much goes into all of this and i hope everybody out there listening understands how much well, it's certainly not nine to five man it's not like no. you walk through the door and clock in and clock no. back out of five it's, it's just not even on the richter scale it, of that fuck the hours it's not just about that it's the passion man it's yeah. mm -hmm. bringing a community together and to be able to do that and continue to do that not only is it yeah you need the ten thousand hours or whatever to become masterful at it but it's the passion. I see it in your eyes, man. You're talking about how it's sort of difficult. Like I can tell I'm having a hard time being in these four walls and looking around at all these pictures, man. I can see it on your eyes, man. You're passionate. About I am it. passionate about taking care of the boots on the ground, man. Yeah. Take care of this community and being a part of it. Been in it all my life. I grew up in a fire town, right? Yeah. It is. It's in my blood. And you got some pretty cool, uh, unique experiences as far as like the Cold War kids thing, man. That was so cool, man. Dude, I, can't even tell you, like if we shifted gears and went to that side, how blessed I am in my life of stuff that comes down the pike that supports this foundation that I get to be a part of. Yeah. 
right? Uh, been drinking Coors all my life, man. It's no secret. Anybody that knows me, we've had a beer together, right? Yeah. Maybe not 10 or 12. So <laughs> some people get lucky like that, right? Get to know the real Burke. Uh, Guilty. <laughs> how did, how did uh, I sit here at times when I've hung out with Pete Coors for the evening, you know, at some seminar or somewhere uh, where we've shown the video or anything like that, or why I'm throwing out a ceremonial pitch at a, at a you know, yeah. San Francisco Giants baseball game uh, next to Pete Coors. And I go back, how did I manifest that? How is that in my life? Right. But uh, it's not all doom and gloom here, man. There's uh, huge, huge parts of this that are, I'm so grateful that happened to come down my pike, man. I'm bewildered almost all the time. How did that happen? How did, you know, the love I walked away from, from taking care of an incident or a family or a boot on the ground. Uh, I, I'm trying to absorb that. And then I turn around and I'm hanging out with Slash, Cold War Kids, Pete Coors, uh, Bruce Willis, you know, all these people that stumble across our path to do fundraisers or we're a part of something big that they're doing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing, man. It's pretty incredible, man. And But it, it's even more incredible that you've been able to network across this wide array of vastly differing people. Like, like you're saying, man, Bruce Willis, like. How the fuck do you get connected to Bruce Willis to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation? What relationship does Bruce Willis have to right. the Wildland Firefighter community? Well, it's like seems at one time he owned the biggest ski resort in Idaho, right? And when yeah. you're dumping more retardant on that ski resort than has ever been dumped before to save it, uh, he's going to come be a part of it, right? Yeah. Throws his bluegrass band together and they start singing and it turns into a, a fundraiser, man. And oh, shit. at the end of the day, who are they fundraising for? Wildland Firefighter Foundation that takes care of the boots on the ground that took care of his ski resort. I mean, that's how it all goes around, right? Yeah. It's full circle, right? Synchronicities, man. We talk about it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like uh, that whole manifesting thing that you briefly touched on there. It's, 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 if you're, if your heart's in it for the right reasons, you're going to get dropped synchronicities and you're going to get some good shit in your life, man. Just look at Kevin, man. Look at his entire fucking journey across that, Absolutely, across the country, man. Dude's life was changed every day. Every day I would talk every to day. him, Burke, you're not going to believe this happened to me. And, and some days tears were in his eyes. He couldn't believe it was happening to himself, yeah. right? Oh yeah, dude. It's the beauty of doing heartfelt stuff, man. No matter what you guys are doing. But there's a bigger message there too. I mean, it's like, it's not just you. It's not just Kevin. It's not just whoever throws a fundraiser. I mean, anybody has this ability. And I think that's the beauty of the foundation as well as you preach that message, man. Just come from your heart, no matter what you're doing, man. Yeah. As long as it's good stuff's going to happen. As long as it's genuine, it's authentic, and you're in it for the right reasons, good shit's going to come your way. It's receiving, man. It's receiving from a heart level. Yep. It might, it's just, Life though, man. I mean, I understand that, you know, life throws curveballs, but you keep putting the good shit out there. It's going to come back to you. Just keep swinging, man. Swing at the curveballs, swing at the knuckleballs, swing at them all, man. Hit the dirt, hit the home plate. Hit you in the head, keep (laughs) fucking swinging, man. That's another thing, man. Just don't give up either, man. And uh, Some of your listeners might've thought I was uh, very religious at this point or whatever. They don't know how we deal with fatalities, but sorry about the F-bomb there, folks. uh, (laughs) I'm not a religious guy. I'm very spiritual. you know, um, but I am as authentic as they come. And that's the way to be, man. Cause it's real. For sure. Other than that, man, what else do we got planned for the future? Just however we can, whatever the needs that keep coming about, that's my plan for the future. Yeah. To tackle those needs that keep coming through these doors or over this phone. That that's, that's the future. I mean, you're branching out into other stuff too. I mean, shit, you got a pile of JK boots back there. You're fitting people for boots out of the foundation, man. 
You know, I wear a lot Let's of hats in a day. Uh, <laughs> I told you I grew up in, in a contract commissary. I used to sell white boots um, to the point where I used to get calluses on the side of my fingers lacing up boots on the community, right? I've mm-hmm. uh, been custom hand-fitting boots for a very long time. Uh, JK came about and, you know, uh, doesn't take a rock scientist. You look at that boot, particularly wear it around. That That is the be- best built boot on the planet. Man. It's a damn nice boot. And I've I been wish in boots I had all my life, man. Show me, show me, show me another one. Yeah. Gets to the point of, you know, you restore an old car and somebody, you throw a price tag on it. Somebody box at the price. Go show me another one. I don't give, I don't care. Go show me another boot that beats that one. I can't point a finger at any other. I'm happy to carry JK boots. We have a great relationship with them. They're kicking back off every pair we sell out of here. It's been a great fit. I love, I love fitting boots on the guys. It's something I'm proud of. I'm good at, Uh, you know, what's, what's the most important thing to a firefighter, man? Their feet. Their feet. Hands <laughs> down. Right? Happy feet, happy you, Happy bro. feet, happy firefighter, right? Getting 100%. Uh, so I, I've taken pride over the years, the uh, last 30 years of fitting feet, fitting feet, man. Yeah. And I've seen them all. You know, don't think you'd be out on the line and guys take off their boots and you do some fitting. You get some I've seen everything under them boots, man. <laughs> Fucking skanky socks, black feet, toes growing together around. Web I've, feet. Web feet. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, we were sending back and pictures back and forth to uh, Tim there at JK Boots. You know, we're fitting prosthetics in here, right? Yeah. And and God bless those guys with prosthetics who are still out beating the side of the hill, right? Pretty impressed. That, that guy's got the heart to go fight fire. I'm going to get his goddamn boot fit. Good, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I take pride in fitting people's feet. And uh, yeah, that was a little raunchy. I've seen it. Feet are gross, right? Let's, let's face it. I don't know. You know a lot about feet, it seems like. Just saying, bro. Well, especially <laughs> you find feet that haven't showered in two weeks, man, right? But they need some new boots. I'm like, oh, oh God. Plug in my nose, getting the job done, but yeah. we get it done. No, it's cool, man. I mean, it's like you got everything under one house, man. I mean, you got your coffee cups. You got your next belt. Next belt's an awesome company. I actually rock one of those. Yeah. You got JK Boots. You got, I've been trying to get your jackets out the door here, but I've had, dude, when we met in 2000, what was that, 11, we met on the Bass Drop Fire. That was the first time I ever met you. And I got one of your jackets and I took it home and I still have that motherfucker today. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's you a know, little ratty. You're, and you're warm, one of the many. At that point, we didn't have a beer together and you were in your Nomex. And uh, the next time I seen you, I'm like, Brandon, who, right? What are, you, what are you talking about, right? Dude, you get so many people. Like, I meet thousands of them. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard for me because there's only one of me and they know me. Uh, but it, it takes a while for me to, to get to know them, man. I, sometimes it fundraisers we're all drinking and whatever and blah 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 and having a good time what yeah. do you mean you don't remember me well oh, dude had 10 beers that night what are you talking about <laughs> we're a surly bunch man it's part of the culture but yeah man i mean also it's like like keeping shit real you know i, I think that's wildly important it you know is. um to your listeners i hope they're getting a kick out of the conversation here i am nothing but real uh and if you can't be real with who you're serving or who you're even talking to then what's the point, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes bullshit. And uh, yeah. people see just, through it. Just be real. Yeah. And I think, I think I bring that level from the foundation to the boots on the ground, man. I, I get them all the time in here. And one of my favorite things to say, and everybody asks me, "You have you been a firefighter? When were you a firefighter? Look, man, I've never been a red carded firefighter, but I can cut logs and drink beer with the best of you. Don't shit yourself, right? <laughs> uh, and that's a, you know, I'm real with them. I, I'm yeah. on that level with him. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a suit and a tie. You're, if I wore them, of course. Uh, is that my day-to-day operations? Absolutely yeah. not, man. You come in here and you're going to see the real me. Uh, we're going to connect on a real level. Uh, if you need a beer, we're going to have a beer. You need to talk. You need a therapist. Whatever you need, man, we're going to get you there. And it's all it's all realism and uh, 
I'm happy to be that, that guy and play that role. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, even like something as simple as like, cause when I came back here in 2018, you could tell I was going through some shit. For sure. You could tell. And you're like, Hey man, you want to go get lunch? And that meant the world to me. Well, it did. You know, part of my job here is, is to cut through the BS that walks through this door and, and, you know, at the end of the day of uh, hitting 50 years old and, and being one of many on this planet to do many things, uh, the eyes don't lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you can really start um, knowing people from their eyes, you can walk in here. You don't have to say a word, man. And I can pretty much tell what's going on in somebody's eyes, right? Yeah. Uh, eyes are the truth. Uh, and, and they don't lie. They, they show pain. They show happiness. They show everything, right? Oh, yeah. They- um, see right through. They get sketchy if you're lying. I mean, eyes don't lie, right? No, they don't. Uh, so you get good at somebody's eyes and you can get good when, when people need people need a little love, man. Yeah. I was up here for what the fuck was I up here for? Oh, my helicopter manager. I was up here for my helicopter manager course over here at Nipsey. This is right around the corner, right? And uh yeah, you recognize that right off the bat, dude. You could tell I was going through some shit. Well, you heard a gentleman at the uh, fundraiser the other night. I saved his life, he said. Yep. I was there. I don't take I that statement it. lightly, man. Uh, and he was, he was one of the many. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, trauma crawls on these guys. Uh, they, they see shit that shouldn't be seen. They, they experience things that rightfully people shouldn't experience. And um, they experience it often. And at the end of the day, they, they might lay around in their bed at night and think, oh, my God, I need a therapist. I need this, that, and the other. Well, I'm here to tell you, man. And. And all you guys that are hearing this, what I really want you to hear is sometimes you just need to cry, man. Just like, let it like out. Let it, let it go. Go out in the woods and grab a big old fat branch and just start beating on a fucking tree and scream and let it out, right? You'd be amazed at how many onion layers that that peels right there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where you fall down in exhaustion. I mean, that kind of beating and screaming and yelling and crying. It's catharsis. Gentlemen. It's finest, man. Uh, people that are listening, all you men that are too, too proud to cry. And do women. us all a favor, man. Go cry. It starts there. And yeah. sometimes, you know, that's all that's needed. Um, so I coach, I coach grown men to cry. <laughs> you know, it's, it's needed. It, it is, is needed. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, the women are obviously better at it than men. I'm, I'm going to pull I'm the sexist getting, I'm not here. touching a gender in that conversation. Oh, I'm going to fucking touch it. Women need to cry too. Women need to cry, but they're better at admitting shit than men are. For sure. hundred fucking percent. For sure. And it's usually the women that make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but it's true, man. We bottle all this shit up and you just don't let it go. And sometimes... It's just a, a massive release, man. Yeah, just some catharsis, man. Go break some shit. If go to a rage feel room. like you can't cry, go grab that big log or bat or something and start yeah. beating on something until the tears come, right? And then don't hold them back and let them keep coming until they come. Get it out, man. Get it out. Let it out, man. You'll be a new man. Yeah. Probably you big tough guys driving around listening right now. Go cry. <laughs> that should be a new motto. We should make a shirt on that. Go cry. Go cry. Now. Go, go cry. You over there. <laughs> no one's going to judge you. Look, we're being funny, but uh, at the end of the day. No, there's that, fucking truth behind this. There's definitely truth behind it. Absolutely, man. I bottle shit up from, in fact, my mother passed away when I was 12. And I think I was telling you a story. She, she passed away in St. Alphonse's hospital here in Boise. Yep. So I've got some very, very deep seated ties to Boise. She used sure. to live up here. I used to come up here and see her for summers. My, I had block schedule on school. So I'd do two months on one month off and I'd spend all that time that I had free here with my mother. Yep. She passed away when I was 12. So 
And I bottled that shit up for the longest time. And I was a very, very angry young man and come to find out in retrospect how fucking stupid I was. But I was a young, impressionable young, I was an impressionable young man, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't know what to do. Lost. A young man needed to cry. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I know that there's thousands of you out there that are listening to this podcast that probably need to thousands do the same. Probably you, you look the in the time. mirror in the morning, you wonder why your eyes are puffy. You wonder why they're red. You wonder why you can't stop this feeling. You wonder what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. Go cry, dude. Go get a good cry on, man. Your whole face will change. And then fucking talk to your homie in confidence. Absolutely. You need to talk about it. Kevin says it. I've said it. You've said it. Every goddamn clinician that I've had on my podcast has said it. Sometimes you don't need therapy. You just need to chalk it out. You need to have that peer support. Yep. All starts with a good cry. Let's get that. I'm making a t-shirt, right? Hot shot, bro. You listening? There's your new shirt. There you go. Go cry. Go cry. <laughs> Even though he cries every day. <laughs> 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 nah, he's a good dude. Uh, uh, who is it that runs that thing anyway? I got to keep my secrets. I only know secrets. the brand. Yeah, I got to keep my secrets. All right, man. Yeah. I think he needs to cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to call me once this episode. He's going to cry when he hears this episode. Yeah, because we both know who it is. But yeah, we know who it is. <laughs> the anonymity behind that brand is kind of hilarious. Well, there's reasons for anonymity. Yeah. But you know what, man? It's, uh, he, yeah, does he, uh, and I'll say it. And yeah, he, he runs his business like a frat house, right? He's got a, he's got a persona, a, 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 a brand that's kind of a frat house style. But you know what, man? If you knew for the people, you know this, but for the people that are listening to this, like, yeah, you want to shit on Hotshot Brewery for being a frat boy. Cool. But if you knew the behind the scenes stuff that happened dude, with that dude. He's one of many like you, almost on a daily, weekly basis. People are connecting with him. Yep. I need help. Where can I get help? He I is the advice, conduit. Career advice. He's anything, the conduit dude. of help, man. Yeah. They send more people my way. You can shake your stick out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's connected out there. And whether they love or hate Hotshot Brewery or the anything behind it, Good stuff happening over there, man. It's, it's been a, a good link, good, funny, lighthearted chain in the link of the community, right? He's it got a great is. heart is what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. He is. His heart's in the right place. He's a good is it a he, she? I still don't know. Who runs that place? I mean. There. Make the shirt. Go cry. <sighs> go cry. Yeah, man. There's a lot of wisdom that comes out of these walls, man. And I think that the connections and the networks that you've established and have passed on to the community, man, they're utterly, you can't put a value on that, right? You can't, man. I've never tried to do. I just walk the path, man. And I'm going to say it again. All the Sam's, the Hasha Breweries, you know, uh, everybody involved that helps the Shoeys. Yeah. uh, The Dannys. I I shouldn't even open that can of worms because I could be here all day long. I got a fucking Naming people that are good chains of links in this community. Yeah. It it takes a... It takes everybody to do it, man. It doesn't matter if you're at the top of NIFSI or in the Washington office or the first year rookie last tool, no radio. You're you part have, of. You're part of the community. And you matter. Yeah. 100%, dude. For sure. And it doesn't matter if it's the person at the top or the bottom. You can learn both ways. That's leadership 101, right? Right. That's why they teach you in, was that, S131 to be followership to leadership and leadership to followership. You got to learn how to be a good follower. And you also got to be a good follower to be a leader. There's a, a, there's a, a thing there, right? It's a two-way street. So if you want to do something incredible and you just happen to be your first year in fire, not even three months in, go fucking do something incredible. Right. Just go do it. Um, 
A lot of incredible people doing incredible things all over the world, man. Absolutely. Well, man, Burke, appreciate your time today, man. And this has been a wonderful experience from the fundraiser to walking into this new building and seeing everything you've got going on, man. This is truly something wonderful. And you're giving a huge, huge thing back to the community and you're bringing that community even closer together. We're already tight knit, but the continuance of this will only make it more tight knit. Well, Brandon, I um, absolutely love what you said, man. And uh, most of all, I appreciate who you are and what you do. You're one of the chains and links in this community that you're providing. Anchor Point Podcast, man. I've been listening to you, listening to your different shows and the topics and the people you have on there. You're shooting a real man. And uh, this generation's leaning towards podcasts and, and we're leaning towards you to keep, keep slinging it, man. And greatly appreciate you as a human being, uh, Brotherhood of the Fire. And, and somebody who's trying to help, man. You're a f- fabulous supporter of the, of the foundation and will always support you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's the thing, though. I will say that I'm just a facilitator. Well, and I'm just, <laughs> just facilitator. We're all just facilitators, man. We're all facilitators <laughs> in this world. No, it's a community. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with you, though. I guess, it, I guess we're coming to a commonality here and realizing that it's not about Burke Miner, executive director of the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. It's not Anchor Point podcast spreading the message. It's not Hotshot Brewery making cheesy ass t shirts. <laughs> they do make good coffee, I hear. Occasionally. Okay. <laughs> it's not about just Shuey and the the imagery and the power that she has behind her paintbrush. It's all of that connected, right? For sure. We're all facilitators, man. We That's all bring all our uniqueness to the table, man, and it takes it all to go around. Yeah. What a boring world it would be if we didn't, right? Right. Uh, it's amazing to see people out there, what they're doing and their skill set and their passion and their love. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all involved with wildland fire here and everybody we've mentioned isn't part of the wildland fire, but uh, that's what makes human, humans go around, man. There's just yeah. uh, love and passion out there for what people do. Oh yeah. And that's what it is at the end of the day, community. For sure. This is our tribe. This is who, who I want to see succeed and take care of. Well, I enjoy it. I wouldn't be a part of any other community, man. And, uh, you know, I hope some of your listeners have got some out this today. Trash talking, we're doing it all. But uh, <laughs> big hearts here. The foundation cares about you all. Uh, if you get a chance coming through Boise, stop in and see us here at the foundation. Um, save yourself a phone call. Throw a fundraiser. Yeah. Support the community. Yeah. Uh, keep helping people out there. You guys keep doing your thing. Be kind to uh, one each other. Be, one be kind, man. Yeah. You know, you can't never judge somebody else's shoes till you walk in them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tough deal. And quite frankly, looking at other people's shoes, you know, when you figure out what's going on, I'm going to scare the hell out of you. You wouldn't want to wear them anyway, right? Right. Uh, people are, are strong in their own ways. So uh, mad love, mad respect to the wildland community, all your listeners. Uh, you know, if I can leave a message that we leave here, I want everybody to know the Wildland Firefighter Foundation has got your back, man. You come across anything, you have any need at all, Get a hold of me, let me know, man. Gonna get you taken care of. Amen, man. Spread that love, guys. Well, Burke, at the end of the show, per tradition, I always like to give you the opportunity, uh, the guest to be given the opportunity for the guest to give a shout out to some homies, heroes, mentors. Who do you got for us? Wow. Um, You know, my heroes and mentors are, are the people that have walked before me in this community that I've seen. Uh, seeing the hardships they've taken on, uh, life traumas, life toll, all of that. Those are my heroes, man. The people that have had traumas in their life, 
uh, roadblocks in her life. They've overcame, uh, you know, the survivors of these things out there. Your Daniel Lyons out there. Uh, multi-fatality incidences. Guys are, are burned up. Uh, you know, Brendan Mullins in the world. You're going to hate me, dude, but there you go. I dropped you. <laughs> these are beautiful people, man. Uh, you know, you get in a situation where you've, you've dealt with death. You've dealt with your own body being maimed. Uh, you're back out on the streets. You're dealing with five-year-olds that have no filters. Look, mom, what happened to him? Uh, these men are beautiful. They take that in. Their smile radiates back. They go up to that child. I was severely burned. This is what happens. And, uh, you know, it's men like that that I take to burn centers when other guys are getting burned to tell their story. They've came through their grief. They've came through their traumas. They're beautiful individuals that are spreading their message. What more would you want as a burn firefighter at your side, man, than somebody you're looking at that's been 80% burned, zest for life, high on life, new chapter in life, you know? Uh, some people fold up, man, and that's the end of my life. Why did God do this to me? Why did that happen? Well, man, it was a time for change in your life. God had a different path for you, right? Get out out of that. Get out of that mindset. Get back out in there. Get out in the world and start helping people. That's what these people have done, and they're my heroes, man. Fucking hey, dude. That's powerful shit right there. It is powerful, man. It's yeah. been blessed to be in a position to watch that. Well, Berg. Thank you for your shout outs, man. Thank you for continuing to honor the community, honor the men and women inside these walls, preserving their legacy and continuing to help the wildland community, man. This means a shit it's ton heartfelt, to me. man. We're sitting here face to face, both tears and eyes. I, I, I we got our shirt man. on, man. Go cry, right? We're crying. It, yeah. It's from the heart, man. This is a powerful episode, man. And you're uh, the brains, the honcho, if you will, behind some very powerful shit, man. Please continue what you're doing. You're doing it great. You're knocking it out of the park and people love and respect you for it. Thank oh, you. Just hit my stride, man. There's more to come. <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. This is going to be interesting to watch this ride. Thanks. So. All you boots on the ground. We're proud of you, man. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Burke, thank you so much. And boom, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with my good friend, Burke Miner from the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Burke, thank you so much for being on the show. And once again, man, thank you so much for having uh, me come up to Boise and sit down in the uh, great halls of the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. It was one hell of an experience, man. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for what you do and the rest of your staff do over at the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. Uh, once again, to reiterate, uh, they are pretty much entirely donation based. I mean, they are a 501c nonprofit. And uh, yeah, those dollars that are coming in definitely go to a damn good cause. So if you don't know what the Wildland Firefighter Foundation is, once again, go over to www.thewildlandfirefighterfoundation.org and check out everything that they do. They preserve the past uh, with the fallen. They have an entire list of everybody who's fallen. Uh, it's being updated constantly, unfortunately, but yeah, it's a good place to uh, take a trip down memory lane and uh, kind of honor those folks that have fallen in the line of duty. They also, you know, take care of the people that have uh, been injured in the line of duty as well. And not only that, but their families as well. They've done a lot of uh, instrumental work into getting people there back on their feet again. And I cannot thank the Wildland Firefighter Foundation enough. In fact, I've got quite a few friends on that wall and uh, know quite a few uh, people that 
Burke and the Wildland Firefighter Foundation have helped over my career. So it's a great cause. Please consider donating and joining the 52 Club or hell, even just stopping by during your uh, summer shenanigans on the fire, fire line during the fire season. So Burke, once again, thank you so much. As for the rest of you, keep your heads up and uh, yeah, take care of each other. This uh, We're getting to the home stretch, so hopefully getting your uh, fitness in and gearing up for the season. And like I said previously, that mental health component, that's huge. And if you guys need any help, don't be hesitant to reach out to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation because they have a lot of resources. Hope everybody's doing well. And uh, yeah, special shout out to our sponsors. We got Mystery Ranch. Built for the mission, makers of the finest damn wildland packs in the game. We've got Hotshot Brewery. Kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. Go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check them out. We've got The Ass Movement. They are the world's finest poo-bearing propaganda ever. So, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out The Ass Movement. And last but not least, we've got Bethany there over at The Smoky Generation. And she is telling the story. I guess crowdsourcing, if you will. Yeah, crowdsourcing the story of wildland firefighting dating all the way back to the 1940s and your opportunity to win one of those $500 Smoky Generation grants is on the line. So go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. As for the rest of you, you all know the drill. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay savage, peace.